everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. Here in Season 2, we're talking all things sharing Jesus confidently with those who are in our world and how to do so. And today I have with me a guest, Pastor David Fuentes, who together with his wife, Sonia, are our location pastors of our Numa Church in the West. Come on. Give it up for the West. Come on. But hey, beyond his role, Pastor Dave and his family have always exemplified loving people. And so today, Dave, we're going to be talking about all things loving people and caring for people. Come on. And you know... It's really interesting in this space because I feel like there are there's a scripture that says really clearly that we are to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Yeah, yeah. But who knows their neighbors these days? In today in society, there is a real differentiation to neighbor compared to what it was before. But yeah. when we look at the passage of scripture in Luke chapter 10 with the Good Samaritan, yeah. we pick up a whole other story Absolutely. around the definition of our neighbor. So yeah. how would you define neighbor today? Yeah, so when I think about that passage, right, I love how Jesus uses uh, someone that's unexpected, someone that's been battered, broken, beaten, uh, and then the most unlikeliest of heroes in that story, the Good Samaritan. Uh, you know, obviously the context of that, Jews and Samaritans didn't relate. Yeah. Uh, and he asked the question, you know, who was the good neighbor? And the lawyer who challenged Jesus said, the one who showed mercy. And then Jesus like, go and do likewise. So when Come I on. think of a neighbor, I think about anyone that you interact with, irrespective of what they believe in, what they look like, how they act, where they're at. Whoever you meet, that's your neighbor. Come on. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And so obviously we're called to go the extra mile. Yeah. And like in that story, the Good Samaritan, he, he didn't just do the minimum that was required. He, he actually went the extra mile in that yeah. space. And I think when we think about doing that for those who are immediately outside of our sphere of influence, that actually causes a, a, a tension. Hey, it's challenging. Hey, it, it does. It stirs your heart. And I guess my question to you today is, have you got an, ex- an example of an experience that you did that, where there's been that space where you've stepped into yeah. it to care beyond just immediate sphere of influence? Yeah, so I've got two stories that come to mind. And uh, out of respect for the people, I'm just going to alter names here. So yeah. the first one's a current one in progress. So it's a young man named Jose. Uh, I met him back in 2008. I was a student on placement. Um, and so I was asked at that point in time to mentor this young man. Now, I was... I had my placement at a Christian organization. They made it clear this wasn't like a program. This was a life-on-life mentoring. So I had to pray about it, consider it. Uh, And so I remember I met the young man and we went out for dinner at the old Smorgies. For those that don't remember, that was an all-you-can-eat place. And I remember sitting there with this young guy, right? And and he looks at me. We'd just gotten in and he looks at me and he's like, how long are you going to be in my life for? Just like that. How long are you going to be in my life? People come, they say they're here for me, but they give up on me. Wow. And I remember at that moment in time, just stopping and looking at him and saying, you know, the moment you tell me you don't need me in your life, that's the moment. I could just feel Father's love. That's the moment when you don't need me. But apart from that, I'll be there. So then what happened at that moment in time is like, this kid's a very broken kid. And I've always been of the belief it takes a village to raise a child. So I invited him into my family uh, with my immediate friends, uh, my immediate community surrounded him with great people. So it's not just one person. You know, this young man came to my wedding. I remember even in my speech. Oh, wow. I uh, got a little bit emotional uh, acknowledging him as well. Um, and we did life. And, and, and it was great times. But there were challenging seasons as well. He lived with us for a bit. And I remember in 2015, just before my daughter Lexi was born, you know, he said, I'm going to come and visit. I'm going to be an uncle. Then he disappeared. Then it turned out he went to prison. He, he, he wow. got charged for something. And, you know, even though I didn't hear from him, I couldn't find him at that time. Every year on his birthday, I would send a message about where we were at in life. Wow. You know, Sonia and I are pastors. Can you believe it? This is what's happening. These are my kids. You know, I miss you. I hope you're well. I'm praying for you. And so when he finally came out in 2020, 
the first place he came was to our house. Yeah, wow. He had dinner with us, you know, Christmas spent with our family. Uh, and I'm believing that the day is coming where he's going to come to church. And, uh, you know, he already knows we pray for him. He already knows that we challenge him. Yeah. We know that God's got a call for his life. But the fact that through the highs and the lows, we were there together. You know, there were times when people would have given up. And I remember, you know, he would push the boundaries and I would say, you're done. You can push as hard as you want, but I made the commitment. I'm not leaving. So we can either, you know, do life together and have fun or we can keep pushing it. The other story that comes to mind was one where I really felt Father's heart challenged me. I I was working with young people uh, at a youth refuge Mm -hmm. and there was a young girl who was 16 and, and she was pregnant. Now, this young girl, um, she would have scars, you know, uh, self-inflicted scars, and and she would wear them proudly, and and she needed to go to the doctor, and I was her worker. At the time, I was about 23, Um, and so I take her to the doctor, and it was a day that was like nine degrees, it was freezing, and she was dressed like it was summertime, right? And we're (laughs) in this waiting room, and we're sitting there. We would never go into the actual appointment, but we'd be there in the waiting room to support them. And I just remember the judgmental looks that I was getting from people. They, they would look at this young girl. I was a young man. And naturally, people connecting dots thought, he's responsible for that. Wow. And I could just feel such an embarrassment or shame on her part. Wow. And she said these words, and I'll never forget it because it really shaped my heart, father's heart, when she said to me, you know, you don't need to be here. You can go wait in the car if you want. Mm. And I didn't hesitate for a moment. I just said, you know what? There's nowhere else I'd rather be in this moment in time than supporting you in this time. Yeah, don't worry about on. them. I'm here with you. And it was funny because after that, you know, when I'd see her at the refuge, she'd always like, you're a preacher. <laughs> and a lot of these young people or even colleagues, I guess they were more prophetic than they lead on. They're like, you want to be a preacher? You're a preacher. Wow. And wow. funny enough, you know, years later, here we are now leading a church. But it was in those moments where, you know, you sit alongside someone in their darkest hour and you believe the best in them. Yeah. You know, where, where you understand the love of God in your life and you can actually pay that forward. Yeah. Um, then you see the impact that it has on someone's life, the power of someone believing in God, believing in them, yep. seeing that. And, mm. and they're just a few of many. We could be here That's all That's amazing. Day, yeah. um, in that, you, you mentioned, obviously, that you're a youth worker in that space. Yeah. And in today's society, nurses, teachers, there's a real change in our culture right now. It's yeah. swinging away from being able to profess and to share the good news of the gospel. Yeah. And you've just you've really highlighted how you're able to care in that space and show it. Yeah. But that you pick, they picked up. Yeah. that you're actually a Christian. Yeah. Um, that's an amazing uh, a gift to be able to, to walk in and do that. What would your advice be to people today who are stuck in a moment yeah. where they're like, my job won't let me share. My job won't <laughs> let me do that. How do, you, how do you do that? Well, again, I'll use an example in that. Like I remember you know, my first uh, job out of uni, sitting there for the interview, and I remember reading the mission statement. Now I'm a sucker for mission statements. Uh, and here it said, standing in solidarity with those in need. That was the line, and it just popped out. The first thing I thought of at that moment was like, Jesus hung on a cross in solidarity mm. for our needs, our sin, our weight of, of sin and shame. And so at that point, I remember then actually being in a position where I was literally the only person that believed in some of these people. Their parents had given up on them. Society had called them criminals. They'd wow. been labeled as, as rejects. And so the first thing that I, that, that, that I remember as practical advice was Jesus was present, standing mm. in solidarity, being there with someone, being present. You know, that, that makes a world of difference. Uh, I remember a young man that I worked with, one of my very first clients, you know, I remember asking him, you know, my degree tells, you, tells me that I should treat you like this, but mm. what do you say makes a good youth worker? And it shocked him. No one had ever asked him that question before. And he said to me, be yourself, because people come and they pretend like they care for us, but they don't know 
us. I don't care to know us. Be yourself. So I understood being present. Wow. Being authentic. Come on. So being who God's called us to be, not pretending to be something in the workplace that's not on a weekend. Yeah. And so then from that, I remember once Pastor Corey talking about prophecy being, you know, a gateway to prophecy is encouragement. Yep. So being prayerful before you go into a workplace, like, God, who do you say this person is? Yes. And so with this same young man, um, you know, I remember God just put on my heart, this boy's a leader. This guy's called to be a leader. And so for us, we would do the fine dining in the day, um, KFC and Footscray, uh, fun times. <laughs> but I remember, you know, and I told him, you know, you've got leadership on your life. Yeah. You don't need to be what the narrative tells you you should be. You're better than this. So again, encouragement. And he looks me in the eye and he says, Dave, you know, you know that I'll make it one day because I'm going to take you out to lunch one day. Wow. Now, I tell these stories, it sort of sounds like, you know, in two or three minutes, like it's a two or three minute story. This yeah. is like three to four years, right? That's it. So again, the other thing is consistency, being present, Come on. being there with people, not giving up, even if they challenge your thought process. Wow. And so all these things, being present, being authentic, being consistent, being prophetic, encouraging. Um, fast forward a few years, I'd moved to another organization. Um, you know, I'd stepped out. I'd put my neck on the line for him a few times. For mm-hmm. example, he'd have these mainstream, uh, you know, services that wouldn't touch our clients. But my sister-in-law worked for one of those. Wow. And I said, I believe you're capable. You're going to prove someone right. It's either majority or me. You're going to mm-hmm. prove someone right. And so I set him up uh, with my sister-in-law who got him a job at a warehouse. Um, he lived in Williamstown. Uh, the job was in Altona. For those not, not in Melbourne, that's probably about like a 20-minute bike ride. And I remember my sister-in-law calls me up one day and she's crying. And I'm like, oh, no, this has gone. Oh, this has gone pear shape. And she's like, no, no, no. He was meant to start at 4.30 in the morning. He rode his bike and got there at 1.15 a.m. Wow. And I called him up. Why'd you do that, man? He's like... You believed in me. I didn't want to let you down. And I'm like, wow. So then we fast forward. I've moved on to another organization. Um, he remembered where I went. So I'm in local government now. He calls up. He finds me. And he says, Dave, what are you doing now? I want to take you out for lunch. Straight away, the tone of voice, um, I knew something was different. And I'm thinking, oh, okay, fine dining, view to mine, three Michelin stars. <laughs> He's like, no, I'm going to take you to La Poqueta. And I'm like, all right, bless his cotton socks. He comes out. <laughs> He's dressed completely different. Wow. This, this young man, he's dressed like someone that, you know, is on a mission. He takes me out um, and <laughs> he looks me in the eye and he says, I've been offered this position as a team leader at a warehouse in Queensland and I'm going to take it. And he says to me, this would never have been made possible if you never believed in me like you did. Now, you can imagine the, the, the air conditioners in La Porqueta went up, the pollen levels rose, yeah. had to put the sunnies <laughs> down. Yeah, But I thought of that throughout that whole time. Not once did I mention the name Jesus. And yet in this moment now that I'm not in that position anymore where, where I can talk about it, yeah. to lay hands and pray on a young man, yeah. to, to, to release him into the next season, wow. no longer being a, a victim of the system, no longer being considered a criminal. This young man now was someone on purpose leading people. Yep. And the cool thing about that is that throughout that whole, and, and I mentioned him, but throughout that whole journey, I was his best friend's youth worker as well. Wow. And in Easter of 2020, his best friend came to Numa West when we were in St. Albans, made a decision to follow Jesus. Two weeks later, I was the very first, young, first person I baptized as a Numa West pastor. Dave, that's awesome. And so for me, it, it never was that limitation. You know, God positions you. 
there is such we, we believe obviously prayer fuels power mm. so have we prayed about the people we work with yeah. um you know god loves them god has divinely appointed you wherever you are wherever you're listening today like god has divinely appointed you to be the vessel he wants to use and there's no greater feeling than being there with someone and saying that's i it. was there when i believed in that person yeah uh and so that, that that's you know one of the, the practical on. tips that i would say so i'd recap that again you know again be be consistent come on be present don't assume encourage people be consistent be authentic uh these things you know are are very easy to do when you have that walk with god it's beautiful and it's so helpful um i honestly flicking back through your story i think often the thing that people do struggle with when it comes to caring for people is that they don't want to be disappointed yeah yeah and they don't have it within them on the other half of it is that they don't have it within them to drop their own self focused life to yeah. actually pursue yeah. so you get the two different components into that place but just talk to me because i'm very aware obviously being in that environment there's probably plenty of disappointment we've got the victory stories that we're sharing right now yeah. but what do you say to the person who's like oh man i've done this i've been there and i've i've, I've just been through disappointment after disappointment in this space each time is a new opportunity i mean like you Come said on. You know, that for every one success story, these stories are beautiful and powerful, yep. but there's at least 15 disappointments. There's at least, you know, in those stories, people that actually didn't survive and you mm. live with that every single day. But every time is an opportunity. Grace, the grace of God. Like how many times have we let down God and yet God doesn't give up on us? Yeah. And yet he's given us that love and grace. So you know, um, remember even the posture of our hearts, we're doing it for God. Yep. And it's worth it. You know, for a lot of these people, you got to think about the context. And, and this isn't, isn't just disadvantaged people. These people in our workplace, mm. they've had lives of rejection, hurt. We're, God's positioned us in a moment of time so he can break through decades of or generations, yep. you know, of, of, of a certain narrative. So, yeah, there's going to be resistance in that. Yep. Um, you know, go back to God in it. It's so important to have a life of intimacy with God in that because he knows better than most what rejection looks like. Yep. Um, and in fear, just know that you were divinely appointed. You were divinely positioned. Come on. God feels in that moment there is no one better than you in your sphere of influence Come to on. be the one to reach out. He'll carry you in that. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. All right. In that other phrase before I said that the other end of it is selfishness yeah. that prevents us from engaging in these things. What would you say today to the person who's like, oh, but I, there's just so many things I don't want to let go of? Yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, with those, that is a challenging one. There are things that, at times that I've felt that as well. Yep. But again, when I go back to the whole thing, you were divinely positioned. One of the things that I often hear, for example, even now in my context as a pastor, right? I often hear, look, I'm not a people person and, and, I, and, and I'm <laughs> scared that excuse. people are going to think of me differently. Yep. And, I, and I look and I say to them, my heart breaks mm-hmm. because the person that's sitting next to you in a church service you know, that's the answer to someone's prayer. Yeah, You're the answer to that person's prayer. Someone's prayed for that person. They've come into the service. God has placed them next to you. And, and whatever it is that you're struggling to let go in that moment, again, God has deemed you to be the best person. Come on. And he's not asking you to be the salesperson to, to sell Jesus to them. He's just telling you to be Jesus to them, be the hands and feet and come love on. on them. It doesn't take a lot of effort in that. And I think yep. that often goes to insecurity. Yep. At times we feel like, oh, I'm not qualified enough or, or I'm not gifted enough or I'm not talented enough. But, you know, when you're next to someone, you are divinely positioned. There is no one better at that moment in time. And that's the way I've always saw it. And in those moments of inconvenience, I'm, I'm sure going back to the Samaritan story, that was an inconvenience for the Samaritan. Yep. But in that moment of time, you know, he, he stopped. Yeah. He let go of everything else that didn't matter and took that time to actually love and care for someone. He didn't think about what 
people would think of him. There was a need. He sat down He and, and he met that need. That person's life was never the same. Yeah, come on. So good. All right. So my last question to you today would be, what would your advice be to someone who's never stepped into this space? Like what are the practical things that they can just start with where they are right now? Yeah. I've always believed that there's such a power in a smile in acknowledging someone. You know, often we walk past people and and we have our own stereotypes of them or we create our own narratives about them. But to actually acknowledge someone, to actually look at someone and say, like, even if it's just a smile, that actually tells someone I see you. Yeah. So many people, not just, and I'm not just talking about homeless people on the street. I'm talking people even in the workplace. It's almost like a lights are on no one's home that they feel invisible. Mm. But to actually acknowledge someone with a smile and, and actually say, how are you going? Or I hope you have a good day. That can actually unlock so much in people. You don't need to have a degree in anything to do that. It's just courtesy. I mean, I think about so many of the incredible stories in the Bible. I mean, Jesus with the woman at the well just asked for a drink. Yeah. All of a sudden, then that became a revival in a, in a woman, a broken woman that became a revival of a community. Come on. And so my advice would be just, yeah, use the, use the power of acknowledgement. When you, give, when you acknowledge someone, you give someone the autonomy and agency that they matter. Mm. Um, more than what you would ever know. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the other thing I would say is that when you meet with people, hear their story, ask questions. I often find, like, I don't have a script of things to say with people. Yeah. I, I just ask two simple questions. The first one is, how are you? Uh, trying to get under the surface. And what's your story? Like, tell me a bit about yourself. And then depositing one little encouragement Every time, whenever I meet with anyone, irrespective of where they're at in life, yep. I often think, what's little, one little nugget that I can deposit into their life today to let them know that they are valued, they are loved, and that I'm better for having met them today? So good. And then just move on. It's very simple as that, I would say. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So smile, ask two questions. How are you? And what's your story? That's amazing. Absolutely incredible. Well, look, Pastor Dave, we're just so grateful that you came in today. And I know that there are plenty of people listening to this podcast, watching even this podcast right now. Would you mind praying for us that our hearts would break for what God's heart breaks for, for lost people, and that he would actually move us beyond our own selfishness, our own self-centeredness, that he'd move us beyond uh, all of those things that would limit us to a place of genuine compassion to be able to engage with people and to care for people. It would be my pleasure. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, I just thank you, God, that your word tells us that you demonstrate your love for us, that whilst we were still sinners, you died for us, Lord. You don't wait for us to be be whole before you make us whole, Father. You you, you sent your son to die for us. And so, God, I pray that as we focus on these areas of caring and, and just showing compassion, Lord, that we would pay forward the very grace that you showed us, Lord. Mm. That we would look at every person that we meet on the street as someone that you uh, died on the cross for and show them that same love and grace. That, Father, wherever there are things in our heart of inadequacy or or, or self-doubt, that we would move beyond that, Lord, Mm. and actually ask for you to give us a lens to see people through your eyes, Father. Thank you, Lord. That we would see ourselves, Lord, as vessels that you want to use to bring your hope, your love to people in mm. such a broken time in our world, Father. Yeah. And Lord, out of that, Father, that we would just continue to see everywhere we go, Lord, a love revival Jesus. of sorts, Father. That wherever we go, Father, we would plant the seeds of your love, your grace in people's lives, Father. Mm. And out of that, Lord, we will see the, the lost come back to you, Lord. The yes, prodigals Lord. come home, Father. And so bless us, Lord, we pray in yeah. Jesus' name.
Amen. 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 Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, Dave, for joining us today. I uh, so appreciate you. I love you. Every time we meet and talk and chat together, I'm always challenged, inspired, and encouraged by the way you love people. And I know that today there are plenty of listeners that are listening, watching, and engaging in this podcast today. They're going to be blessed by that. So thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Okay. Well, for you guys, there's a whole city of people out there. Would you do me a favor? Would you find someone today that you can show the love of Jesus to? And actually trust that God wants to use you in this space. And until the next episode, why don't you subscribe and share this episode with someone who it will also encourage and challenge today. Thanks for joining us.